This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for listening on this Wednesday morning with Wilson Jeremy. I am Jay. Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Wilts Couture, IT expert at New Core Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Good morning, fellas. Wilts, uh, good morning. Good morning, Jay. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing well. Jeremy, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. And uh, can I just say that I love the new music and the new bumps for our show. <laughs> oh, so yeah. cool. Every time I get amped to do the show, man, I'm like, yes, it is time. We are about to nerd out, so let's do it. <laughs> Uh, I will be honest uh, that uh, Super Mario Brothers two theme song right there did kind of it did kind of get my blood flowing a little bit quicker than, right? than it had been right? previously. Yep. There is a lot to dig into today, and if you have any problems, questions, uh, issues, or just stories and uh, things that you're looking forward to, if you want to, you know, kind of geek out with us, call us up one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four. Six four. All right, uh, Jeremy. Let's start with you, man. What's uh, you sent us a text message uh, right before the show here of um, uh, something that looks like I don't know. I, I said it looks like a mini fridge or a safe, but that's actually like uh, the 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 I guess the bare bones of a computer that you're about to build. Yeah, my dad. Uh, he said it looks like a popcorn machine, so I, I would go with that as well. But yeah, this thing—it's uh, huge. Uh, it's the Thermal Tank Tower 900, and uh, it's what I'm going to be doing. I'm sorry, my, what was uh, that again? First, the Thermal Tank the, Tower 900. Thermal Take. Oh. Tower 900. Yeah, Thermal Take is a brand that's been around for a long time. They do PC cases and all kinds of accessories. Um, and this, by the uh, size of that one, it looks about like the size of the Pope Mobile, actually. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can put the Pope in there. Uh, the glass is not bulletproof, so it's not recommended, but he uh, will fit inside. So um, it's not what they made the A Team van out of, though it looks yeah. like that. Nope. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it would be a neat accessory in anybody's vehicle. But yeah, it is uh, It is huge, and uh, it's, it's kind of staggering. It's a little bit intimidating because, like I said last week, I've never done a liquid cooled rig before. But this one. This one's good because I'll definitely have enough space to do everything and make mistakes and, you know, figure it all out. So I'm really excited about it. I'm going to have a great time playing with it. And you know what? To anybody who's curious, I'm about to put the picture up on the Facebook page of it. I think that uh, I think that warrants a Facebook post. There. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah Especially the go. pic where Jeremy's standing beside exactly. it. It kind of gives you a reference of just you could, yeah, it's, how yeah, it's enormous that thing is. So, okay, so t- tell me what all – I mean, how – how do you because a lot of times uh the shell of a computer actually has kind of a lot of space left over depending on what all you've put in it and what you're trying to get out of it but what i mean how right. are you going to slam all of that stuff in there what well all i mean you yeah, in there? as i said uh you know it's it's definitely big enough to accommodate it if i was dealing with just a regular size pc case i'd be asking the same questions but this particular unit was designed for liquid cooling so this uh, this sh- it should all fit everything the the graphics card uh, any motherboard of any size I'd like to put into it uh, it it should all go in there the uh, the reservoir uh, the pumps everything for the liquid cooling uh, should fit just fine. All right, again our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Will it's anything that. Uh has caught your eye over the last week or you're looking forward to over the next week or so? Well, I'm looking forward to today. You just mentioned a little bit before. I'm kind of a Microsoft Surface fan, and today they start doing some new announcements, uh, 
So kind of seeing where that's going to go, I'd love to see him bring the price yeah. down just a little bit. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, one of the rumors about this announcement is that they're going to be switching over to A, well, maybe not switching, but they're going to be trying some AMD processors, some of those yep. Ryzen processors that I've been talking about. This is super exciting because the price should go down. But those are also uh, some really, really impressive processors. And to see a big, big company like Microsoft going, okay, we've been doing Intel yep. for a while. Let's give these AMD guys a shot. AMD is killing it this year. Their sales are putting Intel in the dirt. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to see this happen because, you know, Intel has been top dog for a very long time. I mean, this they marketed so well for so year. long that it was, uh, yes. I mean, that, I mean the, the Intel sound, right? Dude, I'll never yeah. forget. I mean, I'll never forget. Play that funky white. Uh, play that funky music, white boy. Uh, <laughs> and, and the the um, the hazmat suits they used to dance around in in the nineties, man. Yep. I'll never forget those commercials. Those were awesome. I don't know what they had to do with processors, but they were cool. <laughs> right. Well, that's pretty incredible that they did do enough. I mean, they did so much branding that I mean, just you don't even have to be you know, a tech-driven person at all to remember that sound like Welch just did. Oh, yeah. And the commercials. Right. I agree. There you go. Java just hit yep. the sound right there. Uh, so today, uh, Microsoft is supposed to have the big event for the, the what they're bringing with the Surface for this next coming year. A lot of it was leaked yesterday. And I don't know, guys. It seems like this happens with every big announcement. What is the deal with that? How does all this stuff get leaked early? Is this coming from the inside? Well, I mean, the, how does that stuff happen? In, in my opinion, it's the inside. is trying to drive a little bit of... Oh, we'll go ahead and get people, you know, like, oh, this was leaked. Is it going to be true? Is it going to be true? Tune in so you can see. And it's just it's just trying to build up. It's marketing hype, in my opinion, and maybe totally off on that. But, um, yeah, because it seems that. like it happens regardless of, I mean, it, it's, it, whether it's Microsoft or Apple, uh, Apple or yeah, Samsung anybody. or whatever. Absolutely. It, I, think, I think the word leak has been abused like the word <laughs> epic has. I, I think everything is a leak now, so nothing is a leak, just like nothing is epic anymore because everything is. So it's basically, it's pre-announcement announcements. Yeah, and, and at this okay. point, it, I wouldn't even consider it a leak if it comes out the day before. That's just, hey, we've you know let this out to enough channels. Somebody finally let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, It's okay. information moving fast. Well, the speed of sound. The uh, according to the report I'm reading here, the uh, the company's announced new new updates for its Surface laptops, but it may have other surprises up its sleeve in its announcement. Uh, the company is ready to reignite its efforts to sell low power laptops and tablets, according to one rumor. Um, um, Microsoft has also been rumored to be preparing a dual screen laptop. Uh, not, not unlike its popular courier concept from nearly a decade ago. Uh, and so there's, there's lots that they're, that they're, they're planning and we will, I guess, you know, we will cover that, uh, next week we can look back on it. But, um, yeah, that was one of the things that I'd read in a couple of different stories over the last day or so is that part of what they want to talk about today is preparing the surface for, uh, foldable technology. Yeah, well, then they're also talking about the ARM processor. So along with the AMDs, that ARM, which is going to really, it's not much for power, but it's going to have some long battery life. So um, that is yeah, interesting. Fold foldable surface. I mean, that's just, you know, it's kind of a, it's an exciting time, and it's, you know, I don't know. I'm really, really curious to see where it's, it's going to go. We all know anything when it comes to electronics now. It, the world is battery life. So what are they going to do on battery life? Yeah. Um, Not only that, but durability. Like, the, the Galaxy Fold has already had its own quibbles, as we all know. So <laughs> we're going even bigger than that, and we're talking dual-screen capability. Uh, I'm curious to see, and I'm curious uh, – I'd like to know what they're doing to engineer these things from the everyday damage and what it's going to cost to replace an all-screen laptop. So a bigger oh, screen than the, than the Galaxy Fold – um, so my, I, I really don't know, but you're kind of alluding to the fact that if you can't maintain or, or manufacture, um, a reliable small screen with foldable technology, that a big screen would be even worse. But I'm thinking, I mean, would a, would a bigger screen make it more, um, uh, solid or, or more solidly built or sustainable or, or something like that? Or would it play against that? I guess it's depending on the technology. I think it's going to contribute to the overall fragility of the device because now 
you know, it's possible that you can drop your laptop and you won't shatter the screen because it falls on the side with the keyboard and the motherboard in between it. Now, that's both sides. So, uh, yeah. I... I'm curious to see. Now, you know, also the, the whole dual screen aspect, and I'm doing that in air quotes over here. I know no one can <laughs> see that. But the whole dual screen aspect is not it's, – it's not symmetrical. You know, it, on one Ooh. side they kind of cheated in there, and then the other side they've made it a little bit bigger. So I'm curious to see what Microsoft is, is doing with this. And, you know, Microsoft engineering is not Samsung engineering. Samsung may make the screen probably most likely – but uh, Microsoft's got their own engineers, so maybe they can pull this off. Maybe this can be a really impressive game-changing device. Well, here, they're, they're actually, as this show is going on, I'm watching a live feed on it right now. They are actually announcing things. And I just showed Jay, they have a picture of the dual screen. What they've done is it's not foldable. foldable. It's screen top, screen bottom with a, with a very, very thin divide in the middle, so it's two independent screens. So it's almost like, looking at it, Wilts, if you've had a Surface Pro in the past, you have basically the screen at the top and you had the attachable keyboard mm-hmm. uh, that kind of sat and laid out at the bottom. And the second screen or the other part, the bottom part of the screen is basically in the same place where that keyboard used to sit. Yep. They've also got it where it's folding kind of backwards, where it goes like the little tent thing like they've done with the uh, right. like Lenovo's Yoga. Yeah, I would do that. Those commercials that always freak me out as a parent. Yeah, I didn't know they're going to break stuff like my kids. Oh, I got to look. Used to, they don't do it much anymore. All right. So, and the other, yeah. the other big thing before we take a call here is that um, there is a much rumored kind of redesign of the uh, the Surface Pro Pen that will include um, wireless charging. Like a wireless charging port. Oh, for see, it. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Those little quadruple A batteries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're a little bit on the expensive side. They don't if sell those at Walmart. Them. No, you can get them at, at uh, Amazon, though. <laughs> you can. Everything so, from A to Z, how, baby. How does it? How does it charge? Does it? Does it sit next to the laptop and do something, or does it have like a little little case that it goes in? How does it do it? I don't know about that yet. In the past, you know, it's had um, it's had a, a magnetic clip on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a magnetic part of the uh, the side of the screen had you know well, it was metal, so uh, you could kind of stick it to that part and it would stay there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's got a little clip that's part of the, the its ability to charge that sticks into. I haven't seen any pictures of that yet. That's just been one of the big rumored things that's uh, coming up that everybody's pretty sure about. That it's going to be uh, they're going to kind of redesign the pen. I've seen some pictures of the pen actually, but. Uh, it's going to be wirelessly chargeable. So that's pretty cool. Let's take a phone call here. We've got uh, Alan and Brandon first up. Uh, Alan, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hey, Jay, Wilt, and Jeremy. I hope y'all are doing well. Uh, Wonderful. I, yeah, I, I was going to comment on, on Jeremy's thermo take. Uh, if he has a hard time selling it, sounds like it's big enough and it's got indoor plumbing. He could just rent a room out of it <laughs> <laughs> uh, to supplement the, the feed. And uh, the other thing I wanted to comment on, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little disappointed in, in iOS. Of course, I, I follow a lot of email lists and stuff, so I try to stay on top of stuff. And I, I don't ever upgrade early uh, because, you know, I, I use voiceover because I'm visually impaired, and it, it can do a number on, uh, you know, a lot of times they don't they don't test voiceover stuff. But iOS 13 came out two weeks ago tomorrow, and they're already on the fourth upgrade I mean, you know, 13.0 came out on the 19th. Then they followed it with 13.1 on the 24th. Now they've had 13.1.1 and now 13.1.2. So I I, I don't know. I mean, I I know these devices are complicated and stuff, but it's like nobody tests stuff anymore before they release it. They they release it, they let the public do their testing for them and, I just don't think that's right, but I guess it's where we are. But uh, I mean, guys, that's anyway. kind of where that's kind of the way it works now, right? Yeah. I mean, they almost use the initial rollout as yeah, the original rollout is like your your official well, beta. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there yeah. there's supposed to be focus groups and things that they use to to sit in front of these devices and actually test them. But are these groups comprised of people like uh, Alan and and our listeners? I, I don't know. So. You know, right, when right. We, we don't know, you know, what their level of, of technical expertise is, and they may pick people that are more savvy, which kind of shoots them in the foot, at least for this region, because uh, a lot of our users aren't. So um, well, yeah, I, there's, I they're supposed that. to do those kinds of things, though. Right. And I, and I know I know being part of the visually impaired group, I mean, we're, we're just a very small 
part of the market and stuff. But one of the bugs is that if you get a phone call and you're running voiceover, uh, voiceover, I mean, all the sounds and, and, and voiceover shuts off after the phone calls over. Well, I mean, they would never release a, a product to the sighted world where your display went out and you could you could hear somebody talking, but you wouldn't be able to see anything. That just wouldn't happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's part of it. I mean, it's just you know part of my it's, world now. But uh, well, part anyway. of the part of the issue, Alan, is they've got so many bells and whistles in that OS now. It's it's difficult to test everything. Oh, yeah. It'd be really nice if they did, but there, it, it, because it, you know, it could be, oh well, you know, we tested that feature while we had text messages open, or we had it, we tested it while we had, uh, or right. while we opened FaceTime or something, but they didn't do it on an actual phone call. There, there's no telling. There's so many variables, and with programming, it's always going to be that way. So it's it's oh, exactly. it's difficult yeah. to address it. But I sincerely hope they'll get that fixed soon, because uh, yeah, I'm sure exactly. there are a lot of other users out there that really need that feature to work. Right, right. I understand. Well, anyway, thanks for the comment. I enjoy the program. Y'all take care. Alan, Thank you, Alan. We appreciate it. Yeah, it, it seems like that's more and more how things work these days. Uh, FIFA uh, 20 is, mm-hmm. is, I think it's the highest-selling sports video game. I think it's one of the highest-selling worldwide games. Mm-hmm. Um, it was released the, the last week of September, and it's... From what I've read, it's been a train wreck, basically. that There's all sorts of bugs and Specifically in the non-online versions, which is the ones that they can't monetize, uh, that that those modes are. I mean, it's it's a disaster with all sorts of you know linear parts of the storyline and things not connecting and breaking. Basically, if you make certain choices that have not been researched and things like that, so um, I mean, they're having to roll out a bunch of fixes on that, and that's I mean, it's one of the most popular games on planet Earth, so. Yeah. Sam from uh, Pickens, hang on just a second. We'll take a quick break here. We'll get right back into it and much more stuff to talk about, including YouTube TV coming to Amazon Fire TV devices. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. With Wilts and Jeremy, I'm Jay. Thank you so much for listening. Call us up with your tech questions, one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. As we've talked about, uh, as I've mentioned a couple of times, YouTube TV is going to be coming to Amazon Fire TV devices, and also YouTube Music is replacing Google Play Music in Android 10 and new Android 9 devices. And I've Google mm. Play Music has kind of been my... Uh, my home, and I've, I've I've searched and shopped far and wide. You can ask Java; I've dragged him into some of that also. But uh, it's seemed to be the place I always wind up coming back to. Mm-hmm. And now they're basically yeah. phasing it out for YouTube Music, which I think I've downloaded onto my phone at least five times, and it's not caught yet. It's just not. It's not doing it for you. It just ha- well, it hasn't. It hasn't forced me to move to. It hasn't sold me to move to it from Google Play Music, and now I'm going to have to. So, but you got to almost wonder if they'll take what was good in Google Play Music and maybe modify YouTube Music to be more. It's almost like rebranding. Are they re- basically just rebranding Google Play Music? Well, I think ultimately they want to get YouTube. They they wanted to get the features that you get from Google Play Music and get it to a user interface that is almost lockstep with actual YouTube. And I think that's kind of where they want to move it to. So yeah, they, They're going to put all the ads in there? 
Probably. <laughs> Unless you pay for it, probably. Well, that's my thing is I, I do pay for it. And, you know, they didn't ask me, hey, do you want to switch apps? Because I, I use Google Play, Play Music all the time. Um, I've yep. never used YouTube music, so now I gotta go download that app and figure that out. <laughs> That's me too. I'm, I'm, I pay for it. And, and, I mean, I get it in a bundle with YouTube TV. So, I mean, they kinda. And see, I've been wanting to switch to YouTube TV. They're just missing one channel I need. If they will get A&E so that I can still watch live PD, I'm there. That's the last channel I'm waiting on. And okay. There's no announcements yet, but I am so ready to jump on YouTube TV. All right. All right. Very so, interesting. Speaking of announcements. We'll be on the lookout. Uh, we got more of this Microsoft stuff coming through the pipeline here, and there is an AMD Ryzen Surface Edition. That's so cool. Uh, this is a first for AMD on the Surface, and it's not every device, of course. It's just one specific model, um, but it's it looks rather impressive. And um, this year, also, another buzzword is fast charging, and they're saying that this thing... Will charge to eighty percent in less than an hour. How about That's that? Awesome. That is pretty incredible. All right, one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We got Sam in suburban Pickens. Sam, good morning. What's going on? Good morning, fellas. I certainly appreciate you taking my call. Uh, what I've got is an email issue, and uh, what what the situation is. If I send an email with three megabytes, say or more. It just kind of sits there in Outlook forever and never really seems to go anywhere. If I send just an email without an attachment, it doesn't seem to be any problem. But uh, when it doesn't go, I just put the laptop in a truck and I head to the college here at, uh, at Goodman. Uh, fortunately, it's not but seven miles away and get on there high speed. It sends no problem. And then I well, drive seven miles back home again. So are you trying to do this over a wireless connection? What kind of Internet connection do you have at home? I use a hotspot. Uh, use my phone for a hotspot because, believe it or not, all we still have available, you know, is dial-up. Other than okay. if you went with a satellite service wow. or something like that. Well, it kind of sounds like you're using the wireless equivalent of dial-up with your hotspot there. If a three meg file won't come through, that's well, you know, that's small. Issue. Uh, coming through is it works fine. It's just when I'm sending. It's when this thing just sits there and looks like it's saying sending it you know has a little chart there at the bottom that says so sending. you're uh, you're dealing with the uh, the difference between your upload speed and your download speed so your download speed might be decent but whatever you're uh sending to others is not um it what like do you have 4g in your area well you know it it, it you know it says uh lte does that oh, uh-huh. something yeah, LTE yeah. should more than be able to handle that. Right. Yes, I had no problem, you know, really before. I mean, I had a, uh, you know, a 1 to 7 system, and I know it was fixing to be, you know, outdated, no longer updated or whatever. So I uh, bought another com- uh, computer, a Windows 10, you know, and that's well, the only thing that changed. But uh, It's definitely not your machine, though, because you can go to another location, and it'll send just fine. Oh, right? no doubt. You know, and, and, and but okay, the receiver is so. always good. But this morning I had six attachments with one email. And one of them was two megabyte. The other two were, you know, in the KB, like 415 to 512. Uh-huh. But, you know, it just sat there, and I waited for maybe 45 minutes, and, you know, no success. Right, Sam. Just closed the lid and hit it out. So uh, there's a website you can go to uh, on your computer. It's speedtest.net. Um, do a speed test for us, and uh, either call us back next week or send us an email at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We want to know what the number for your download and your upload is because it sounds to me like either your hotspot is having an issue with upload speeds or something is throttling your upload speeds. Right, and I just wonder if, if it's the new computer because that's the only thing that I've changed in this mix. I mean, I've worked from home from home for since but, 2002, you know, and, and, and so no issue. But, I mean, I've changed computers several times. But, you know, and you're running Windows 10, you said, right? Yes, sir, on a Panasonic CF. Uh, okay. Fifty-four. Well, what have you gone into your uh, network settings and told Windows that you were on a metered connection? Uh, no, sir. I wouldn't have any idea how to how to do that. All right. So uh, it's going to be down there by your clock, and it's uh, the little uh, the little wireless icon. Yes, sir. You're just going to go into your network settings. So right click and open network and internet settings, and then you're going to go to change connection properties, and 
in that list, there's going to be a thing that says set as metered connection. Make sure that that is on. Uh, this is for all of our listeners that are using their computers over hotspots or wireless connections. Uh, because Windows Update is con- or Windows is constantly downloading updates as well as other apps doing a lot of stuff in the background similar to what your phone does now. So you need to go in there and change that connection so that you're not eating up your data limits and also mm. uh, that Windows is not doing a lot of stuff while you're trying to, say, send emails. Now, right. I can't guarantee that will fix your issue, but that's definitely something you want to go in there and check for I sure. I see where it says change your network settings, but I don't see the, ex- the next command that you gave me after that. So it's uh, change connection properties. Okay, is it going to be on? Uh, okay, uh, view your network properties. I've got that. Will that be good enough? Uh, perhaps. They may have changed the verbiage in the newest version of Windows 10. But under there, there should be a thing that says metered connection. All you got to do is set it to on, and then it will uh, it will no longer be downloading updates and doing a bunch of extra work while you are on a. Uh, Wireless connection. Yeah, Windows is, Windows is a very, very, very chatty operating system that's constantly doing things in the background. So, oh, the notifications, and the, it's just, it's a mess. Oh, and the tiles updating news, updating weather. I mean, just, uh-huh. yeah, it does everything. Because usually when I get ready to shut it off, it's telling me something's running in the background, and I waited on that for about two days to find the cycle out, and it never did. So I just finally just hit, you know, just cut that it was, right in the middle of that, it. I'm assuming that's one of that the that may be Outlook getting hung up, saying, hey, I'm still here sending your emails, guy. Don't cut me off yet. Well, I, Give I me some hope. That I, that's cleared out, and I usually close out Outlook, you know, before I shut my well, computer off. Outlook, because it's closed, because you right-click on it and close or hit the X, that doesn't necessarily mean that all the processes in Outlook have closed. Sometimes you have to go into your task manager and actually eliminate those. But you can always just say in right. task when it pops up in Windows, and it should kill that process for you. You know, and then once it cycles out, then I just flip the lid down on it. But, I, you know, I just I realize it's likely user error on my part, just not, you know, just not knowing exactly what to do. But I'm fixing to go look for that meter connection. And also, uh, get us that speed test. And if you didn't get our email, it's everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Uh, follow up with us and let us know what your tests look like, and uh, we'll see if we can't nip that in the bud for you, Sam. It looks like um, if you go to change your network settings... Um, on that uh, menu that you were talking about there, uh, Jeremy, underneath the network troubleshooter, it has a little uh, a, a blue clickable link. View your network properties, and that'll take you to where you're trying to go right there. All right, uh, Sam, we appreciate the call. Let's go up next to Linda in Gulfport. Linda, good morning. Yes, that's Linda in Port Gibson. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Port Gibson. I got my ports. Yes, I got my ports yes. switched. Okay. I have uh, that's two, a tech problem, too. Right. <laughs> yes, I have two questions. Uh, will um, YouTube TV, will that be another subscription or monthly cable bill? Or Yeah, it's kind of like a cable bill. Mm. Okay. It's like $50 a month. $50 a month? Yes, yeah, we have just like a cable bill. Yeah, it's meant to take over for your cable. So it's it's meant for people who drop cable, or like in my case, I'm looking to drop DirecTV. So I would get rid of those services and replace it instead with YouTube TV. So, well, what I did was I just dropped cable and just got a regular Rabbit Ear TV, you know, and I can get you know whatever channels I wanted. You know, it I had to saves find you fifty bucks a month. I had to buy an amplified uh, antenna, and uh, now uh, my other question is, I got over 50,000 emails, and I'm trying to delete them, and things keep coming. I mean, how can I delete all those emails? Who's your mail provider, Linda? ATT, I mean, Yahoo. Oh, boy. I had a feeling. Uh, So chances are I'm going to go ahead and wager about 45,000 of your 50,000 emails are spam. Yahoo uh, just has terrible spam filtering. And what I recommend for my clients is to migrate over to Gmail. You can create a Gmail account, and then you can actually link your Yahoo mail to that account so all your emails get forwarded to it and then you get all the benefits of Google spam filtering which are 
quite nice. Um, if you can uh, shoot us an email, uh, if you can dig it out of the 50000 that you've got, uh, we'll respond to you and give you a little more info on that. And uh, we'd be happy to help you uh, with that issue. Also, um, going through and deleting all of those individually will take a long time because mm, no, yeah. no, no page allows you to show all your emails, nor would you – I don't know if your computer would be able to handle it or not. But um, it, usually you get like a page of maybe 50 to 100, and you can check the check all box at the top and just nuke all of those on that page. But you'd have to do that about 500 times in your case. So um, – Shoot us an email, and uh, it's everydaytech at mpbonline.org, and we'll give you some assistance in how to create a Gmail account and how to migrate that account over. Um, I recommend anybody who's on att.net, Yahoo, yada, yada, to move over to a better email provider that cares more about keeping your inbox free of 50,000 emails. All right, Linda, we appreciate the call this morning. I like the folks that uh, have stayed tried and true to their AOL email uh there are, accounts. There are still a few uh, there are they, some plus, out there yeah they've still got yes. a few they got a few extra hours every month you know yeah they, yep. they probably and got like a few so of those many coasters still sitting there yeah so many coasters in their house <laughs> they absolutely do hours, somebody out there is still paying for aol oh I they're still it. they're still there, subscribed to the service there are a few. Yes, uh, there, i, I there know a few. of a few and i just i just had to shake my head and you know, can um, you actually, but, you can actually still use AOL in yeah. the same yeah, way. Yeah, man, it, and some some of those people are very sweet. I just want to say some of them are very nice people. So oh, you know, we don't want to make them man. feel bad. Well, but, and, and here's the thing: uh, AOL is probably responsible for bringing more people, oh, honestly, no online. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, that was that, my entry point. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll admit it. I started off on AOL. At Netdoor. And fellas, oh, you were all fancy. Fellas, that was such a <laughs> such an exciting time, like Will said, it introduced everybody with the AOL, but do you remember like those um net zero CDs that would be oh, at the, gosh, gross, yeah. at oh, the grocery yeah. store uh-huh. check out? No doubt. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of, it's it's AOL unfortunately kind of went in a way like Blockbuster. They just didn't when when the Googles and and quite honestly at that time the Yahoos and everyone else started coming on through they were just like oh that's not going to really stick and they just didn't move ahead it's kind of you know I heard about it years ago um, Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix and they're like oh no nobody's ever going to want to have I a read, stream video I read that story earlier this like week like a million dollars yeah, yeah. like yeah. a million dollars it would have been like cheap and and unfortunately I think AOL kind of got caught in the same thing they just didn't they didn't move um, slowly. What's That's so ironic about <laughs> this is that Yahoo went the way of AOL, and now Yahoo's owned by AOL. <laughs> you know, of course, you know, AOL was kind of swept into it. Well, not swept into. They kind of caused a lot of it. But that AOL Time Warner yeah, uh, yeah. merger, that's a lot of, like, mega entertainment and industry corporations right there. Entertainment industry corporations, that's a lot of money going into one place and you could see where they kind of were distracted by other things than what brought them to the dance yeah so to speak but when you think about this for a second and think about this in terms of 1995 money okay aol i believe at their peak had something north of 30 million subscribers at 30 dollars a month multiply multiply 30 by 30 million and that's your revenue for this month. Yeah. That's just this insane. Month. That's your revenue for this month. That's getting close to like Jay White paycheck kind well, of size. I mean, right? I mean, Slow down. Right it's not <laughs> so not I actually have my wires crossed a little bit here. Uh, AOL and Yahoo are both owned by Oath, which is owned by Verizon. Well, there you really? go. Okay. Go. Yep. All right. Let's take a break here. As I do some... Jay's moving slowly. I do some calculations in my head about how much AOL could make over the course of a year. Man. That's a lot of money. That's a lot, a lot of money. All right, we'll take a break. We've still got plenty to get into. And your calls as well, 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. Welcome. You have mail. This is Everyday Tech on Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Wilts and Jeremy. I am Jay. And I asked Wilts, and we just crossed over the early days of, uh, I guess, consumer Internet uh, at the end of the last segment. During the break, I asked Wilts, Wilts, what, when, when search engines first became a thing you could do, what did you, what did you use? Well, I was using Netscape, but I think Yahoo was really the main search engine at the time. Yeah. They were kind of right there, right in the mid nineties. Yeah, um, you know, that's when Yahoo was kind of emerging and and really started to almost kind of take on AOL. Java <laughs> uh, just asked. He just he just reminded me of Ask Jeeves. Oh, oh man, Lord, turned into a total bug. Yeah, turned into see. terribleness. Yeah, I, know, uh, I, look, look, I had web crawler. Web crawler. Now, see, I yeah. I the one that I found that seemed to work the best for me, Counterculture Jones over here. You can't force me into whatever you want to do, buddy. I used Alta Vista. Yes, and that was my search engine. Yeah, okay. that was a great search engine in its time. But did anyone remember and ever use Archie? No, nope. the first search engine, nineteen ninety. Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. What so. we mentioned AOL. And that being a lot of people's introduction to mm-hmm. the modern internet, what was the first thing you got online with? Do you guys remember? Oh man, I remember going online with like bulletin boards way before even AOL. We'd have uh, you know dial up, you dial on in. Colleges had the bulletin boards you would get into, yeah. and it was just all very text based and and chat basically. Now, I mean, in all honesty, I go back a little bit farther with that because I mean, I started in the military in '89, so we were on DARPANET. Okay, DARPANET, yeah. So we were. Doing those kind of things, but not publicly. It was right. more private. So, Jeremy, before it became cool, Wilts was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it was uh, chat rooms. Talkcity dot com. That Talk used City. to be the place, man. All right. For me, the first thing that got me on was Prodigy. Remember Prodigy? Mm. Oh my lord! And yeah, you're starting to show your age. Thanks. <laughs> I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> a, a a mostly text, very crude graphical uh, user interface. Yeah, that got you uh, online uh, through your uh, dial-up right there. And it was, it was pretty I cool, just though. remember sitting in front of the computer that was at my friend's house down the street, by the way. And uh, boy, I would uh, I would feign wanting to spend the night with him so I could just go and do this. Well, you know, Sorry, know, buddy, but uh, you know, it was a, it was a total gimmick. Know. It was a total setup. But no, I, I just remember getting on that thing and looking in the sports section, and I could just look at the baseball standings. Yeah. And I saw the box. And look, this is how far we've come, y'all. I just remember being able to look at the box scores from tonight and thinking, I know this before tomorrow. I know. <laughs> Isn't it wild? I don't need the newspaper tomorrow. Which was some foreshadowing for that entire industry right there. But I just remember looking at the standings, and there were actually some games still in progress, and it showed me what the score was while the game was still going on. And now we have this what? I mean, you could just talk to your phone, and it does it. And it's whatever. It's no problem at all. Updated in real time. Right. But, I mean, at that point, I was just like, this is it. Well, and here's what I don't need to go outside anymore. That's how I felt when I got to search (laughs) engines, and I was like, I can look for anything. I can learn I can learn anything I want. I'm never getting off this thing. Right. Well, and, and the crazy thing is, if you really put this all in perspective, we're really only talking 30 years or less ago. Yeah. It's not that long ago that this was happening. And now, today, right. literally more information than we could have ever, you know, than you can walk into most of our libraries around here is literally at your fingertips. And what do we use it for? Funny cat videos. Yeah. Which I'm totally good hey. with funny cat videos. I'm down with that. But <laughs> but I mean I'm just saying it's like we're only thirty years removed and, and we've literally, you know like you said, you can see it in live action. I wasn't able to watch the uh old Miss Bama game on Saturday, but I knew exactly what the score was yeah. as it was happening per down. Well, I mean the way it works now, you can watch it on your phone mostly, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
Well, I, I kind of argue that we uh, don't use it to its potential. I know there's some people that are, I mean, we all want to watch, watch Netflix once in a while, but I also go home and watch TED Talks. And, you know, YouTube exploded in not just entertainment, but education and information and disinformation while we're at it. Uh, just all kinds. I mean, it just became a platform for anybody to have a voice, which was a truly, truly amazing thing. Well, but I'm reminded of that infamous quote by the great George Washington. You can't believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> I thought that was Abraham Lincoln. What's oh, I get well, my either way. Mixed up. All right, let's go to the phones. Ricky is online with us from Yazoo City. Ricky, thanks for calling in. Good morning. Good morning. I've got a problem. I use an iPad for work, and in the process, I have uh, photos and PDF files that I need to upload to a website. But my iPad will not do it. It keeps saying that it's incompatible. Yeah. Uh, so you're using I, Safari to do that? Yeah, yeah. And I can turn around and take the uh, pictures or PDF files and email them to myself and go to a PC and download them and then upload them. Yeah, that's cumbersome. Uh, have you tried downloading a different browser like Chrome on your iPad and tried to upload it through that? Uh, well, I didn't know which one to do or how or necessarily how to do it. Let's go with Google Chrome. You just go to your app store, and you put in Chrome, and uh, okay. it'll be a little multicolored ball that comes up there. It's like red and yellow and green and blue. And uh, you just upload that app on there, and then you tap on that, and it works similar to Safari. It's just a different browser. Go to the website that you're trying to go to in Chrome, and let us know if that doesn't help you upload it, because uh, chances are your version of Safari is just not supported on that page at all. Like, it was not designed to be uploaded from a from an iPad using Safari. But Chrome is a little more universal in its ability to do things like that, so I would really try that one. And then, if that doesn't work, I would recommend something like maybe Dropbox or Google Drive, and then you can pull those files out without having to hook it up to your computer. Okay. All right, sir. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Safari is just, I mean, some of the browsers, the browser wars continue. You know, we talk about that. I mean, go back, you know, we're talking about AOL and everything. I mean, go back to the old, uh, you know, Netscape Navigator days and everything else. But, <laughs> you know, the even today, you still see this conflict and battle amongst browsers. It's like, uh, you know, I teach online courses. Well, part of the, the virtual labs that we run, they flat out say, do not use Internet Explorer or Edge. It, it will not work. You have to use Chrome or Mozilla. Um, it's just so many of them like, well, don't use this one. you got to use this one. And it's like we've still not, in 2019, gotten to the point where we're universal. I can just have one browser. I've got to basically run three on my computer just to do everything I need to do. That's true, and it's interesting. Depending on what browser you use sometimes, like if I'm using Google Docs or, or Google Sheets, mm -hmm. I can't right-click, copy something. You actually have to use the, the keyboard shortcut, which is – you know, if you're if you're not necessarily programmed to use those keyboard shortcuts, that can be cumbersome or just frustrating because it kind of jacks up your flow a little bit there. But mm -hmm. but yeah, there's it's interesting about Edge too, and I I've understood people's frustration uh, at least on the surface from a user a user interaction standpoint with um, the Microsoft Explorer. But to me, it seems like Edge um, is a is a much, much better product That's, that puts them much, much closer to being in the game with a lot of the other browsers that people have tend to like these days. Well, and, you know, that brings up something before I forget it. You just mentioned that. Anybody out there still with Internet Explorer on their computer, which is probably, oh, I don't know, everybody that's listening to this unless you're running a <laughs> Mac, um, there is a major update from Microsoft. There is a very, very serious um, flaw. Mm-hmm. And they've actually released this, what's called out of band. In other words, it's serious enough to where they're breaking from their normal update cycle to say, update your computer. So if you have not hit Windows updates, please go hit Windows update and update that. It is an active um, mm. hack in the wild. I just, I know a little bit off, a little bit off, but you kind of reminded me of that when we're pushing it out at work. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, guys, Amazon announced uh, that YouTube TV is now available on its Fire TV devices for the mm -hmm. first time. Here's the quote from the release. We're excited to announce that YouTube TV is officially available on Fire TV devices, including Fire TV Stick second generation, Fire TV Stick 4K, the all-new Fire TV Cube, uh, Toshiba and Insignia Fire TV Edition smart TVs, and more. The UT, YouTube TV app brings 70-plus channels of live sports, breaking news, must-see shows, 
and movies from major broadcast and popular cable networks to the big screen. So uh, a couple of months ago, we talked about how Amazon and Google both kind of slow rolled the announcement that their their long clashing products are going to start speaking to each other slowly but surely. And this seems to be the first big movement in that direction. The first two big gorillas in the cage actually trying to start getting along instead of it being like a WWE cage match, basically. (laughs) And I know a lot of people are looking for maybe the reverse of that, that the Amazon Prime video being able to work on uh, Chromecast. Uh, Because I know there's nothing quite as frustrating I have to remind my wife all the time because she likes she uses the am, the uh, uh, excuse me the um, Amazon Prime Video more than I do. I really it's it's something I've never worked out yet, so I, I always forget that I have a th- that I have that to use. And so she has some shows that she's watched on there, and um, I've had to remind her a couple of different times when she's like, "I don't see the little window thing, you know, that you connect to the Chromecast." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, remember this is an Amazon product, and they don't like each other." Yeah, but they don't play hopefully well the soon they they will. Well, I mean, I think so, it's just inevitable. I mean, it, they're going to have to because, you know, fighting against each other, really, what's it going to do for them? I mean, it, it's kind of one of those, you know, uh, you're a little bit better off kind of teaming up in certain things. I think we're going to see some of that come together. I don't think we'll see Apple playing too well with some of those guys. Right. You know. I, think, I think for some people, it's, you know, they care about what name is on the box or what logo is on the box. And everybody else is just like, look, I just want to watch TV. Right. Amen. Absolutely. So, guys, we got uh, one other, uh, just to completely uh, shift gears here, one other really big piece of news that I wanted to cover because this is this is pretty major. Uh, there is an exploit out for the iPhone, which is a game-changing exploit because it affects uh, what is called the boot ROM which is uh, read-only memory, which means that it cannot be updated through a software update, which means that Apple can't fix this. And it affects everything from the iPhone 4 upwards to the iPhone 10, and it allows uh, it's going to allow a lot more than any other jailbreak did before. This is so much bigger than jailbreaking. Uh, this allows people to get around certain protections on the phone that prevent custom ROMs, and so forth. So it's very possible that in the near future, you might see some hacker out there, some some savvy person running Android on their iPhone. Now, why would you want to do this? Just because you can. Because <laughs> Apple has Apple has kept such a tight lock on the, on the boot ROM, and no one has been able to crack it until now. And this means it's open season on the iPhone. This is crazy cool. And this is the brand new... Operating system that we just they just released. It, it it it's not the operating system it's the that matters itself. It, it's the hardware inside the phone, and it cannot be patched because the uh, the boot ROM is is a read only memory sector. So yeah, it's physically it can't be written to the device. To. Exactly, wow. it doesn't change. Wow. Yeah, so this means like good things for data recovery. This means that devices that were uh, like we were dead that we couldn't get information off of before, we might just be able to get information off of them. Also, I'm sure the FBI, NSA is licking their lips, going, "Oh, buddy, what does this mean for us?" Because this is uh, once the software is developed, literally all you have to do is just plug the phone up to it, go through a few steps, and boom, you have access to whatever you want. That is a big deal. All right, let's finish uh, the show today with a call from Virginia, who's in Meridian. Virginia, good morning. Good morning. I'm wondering why I am not able to download pictures from my iPhone 10 to my laptop computer. I plug right, in are, the USB you, and nothing happens. Hey, are you running Windows or Mac? Windows. All right. Uh, so when you plug your iPhone up, uh, your your computer doesn't even make a noise? No. Nothing. Okay. Uh, and the cable that you're using, you're certain that's a working cable? Yes. It okay, works. So it's the same uh, one. I just got this new iPhone 10. I've always had an Android, and they uploaded quickly. But now they're not. There's nothing. Just nothing comes up. Okay. So uh, have you tried a different USB port on the computer? Uh, no. Okay. So maybe try a different port. Uh, when you plug a device up to Windows, unless your sound is muted, of course, uh, it'll make a little noise, like da-da, and uh, it'll tell you that that device has been connected. If you don't hear that noise, 
then there's a disconnect somewhere between the USB cable and the phone or the, the port itself. Also, when you hook the phone up to the computer, when it does finally successfully make a connection, it's going to ask you if you want to trust that computer. You will not be yeah, able to do anything that, with the minute, iPhone. Wait a minute. That has come up before. Yeah, so I okay, well, you have to tell it to trust that device because otherwise yeah. it's going to lock it out completely and say, I'm not talking to you. I was told I can't trust you. All right, so if, you don't trust. If you go the wrong way on that, Jeremy, how do you change that? Is there a way that you can change that? Um, should be able. To, it should prompt you when you hook it back up. Um, it should not be something that it remembers forever. Because I've also accidentally hit that myself. Ah, dang it, not trust. I only hook it back up. Should be able to plug it back up and see that prompt again. Yeah, uh, whenever, but try a different USB port. And whenever you're plugging up, make sure that your phone is unlocked. I have noticed if you if I plug up my iPhone locked. Um, it generally does not play very well um, mm. with with the connection. So whenever I plug mine up to my phone to my computer, I always unlock it first and then plug it in. Wait, what do you mean by unlocking it? Well, like you know, right now, do you have to either you know you had to either hit the button on your iPhone or you know what what um, you're either hitting the, the button code in. or putting the code in to get your phone to where you're actually looking and at. Your fingerprint. Yes. Yeah, you got okay, just, so just make sure it's open, almost like you're about to, you know, like you're going to use your phone, and that would be unlocked. All right, Virginia, we appreciate the call. Stay in touch with us. Give us a call uh, next week during the show and let us know if you found any conclusion to that. And uh, again, uh, you can send us an email, everydaytech at mpbonline.org, and we will keep up with it that way. That's going to do it for us this week. For Jeremy and Wiltz, thanks for listening. You can always catch the show at mpbonline.org or wherever you download your podcast. And stay tuned. Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is coming up next on MPB Think Radio.